0: has been decimated by the pandemic, with 2020 being the worst year in the history of air travel. According to IATA, the demand for air travel reduced by 66% in 2020 compared to 2019, with international air travel reducing by 75%. The business rescue process has ended at SAA on the 30th of April 2021. I want to convey sincere regret and solidarity with the employees of SAA and their unions. This has been a difficult process, but we are not far from achieving government's objective, a viable airline not dependent on the fiscus, with the agility to cope with uncertain times. Our success will be measured in how efficiently and how quickly we get the job done. The acquisition of a strategic equity partner is at an advanced stage and could be concluded in the next four to six weeks. At the same time, decisions will be made on the future of subsidiaries. The DPE is a secretariat to the presidential SOE council, and there's excellent work happening in the council, which the president will announce uh, in respect of its outcomes in a short while. In my rounding up uh, later, Chairperson, I will indicate the kind of work that has been done against corruption the recovery of funds, the extent of prosecutions. And I then present finally the program overview of the department, which is allocated 36.3 billion rands in 21 Of these funds, 36 billion rands is allocated to the SOEs in respect of government guaranteed debt. After excluding transfers to SOEs, compensation of employees is the department's largest cost driver. However, this spending is expected to increase, to decrease at an average annual rate of 0.9% from 185 million to 180 million in 23-24. The department's baseline, which is 123.5 million over the medium term will be affected effect, on compensation of employees and goods and services. In conclusion, my sincere thanks to the chair and whip of the portfolio and select committees, for their sterling work. Thanks to the deputy minister, my chief of staff and staff in the ministry, a special word of gratitude to the director general, Mr. Lakuri, and the band of officials who have done an extraordinary service to this portfolio and our country. We appreciate the boards of the SOEs for their integrity and courage in executing a difficult mandate. The CEOs of SOEs have offered bold leadership in a challenging environment, have in, and have introduced innovative thinking. Chairperson, it is in these difficult and trying times, as I conclude, that we hear Abraham Lincoln's call to the better angels of our nature, as difficult as that might be. This is a call for all of us to dig, di- dig deep into ourselves and go beyond the call of duty. As with similar defining moments in our history, we have risen and will continue to rise to the occasion. These times have positively defined our national identity. This is who we are, Mandela's people. I submit this budget, Chairperson, for your approval. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Honorable Minister. The next speaker is the Honorable Madhaka.
2: Thank you, Chairperson, Honorable Chair. This budget vote occurs at a time when the department has made steady progress to reverse the effects of state capture and corruption. And at the same time, the ANC government is poised to commence implementation of the economic recovery and recovery plan. Enemies of progress in the opposite benches, of course, will seek to undermine these strides. For us in the ANC, this steady progress by the department is commendable, particularly in the context of the difficult circumstances imposed by COVID-19 health and economic pandemic that affected the SOEs and the entire economic system. This pandemic occurred on the back of slow economic growth and high unemployment. It is for this reason that the mantra that we cannot go back to the crisis before the crisis remains disruptive. Therefore, in this budget vote, we need to have two conversations on the state-owned entities, which is about the elimination of the scourge of corruption and off state, of the state-owned entities as instrument of inclusive economic development in partnership with the private sector for economic reconstruction and recovery. Soon, we are going to focus on how to grow the business and creating partnership for infrastructure development with the private sector. It is therefore important that we understand the necessity for the elimination of corruption and the contribution of the state owned enterprises to the economy and their role. The sixth parliament inherited these state owned enterprises, which were weakened through corruption, state capture, and malfeasance. The SOEs, whose corporate government was weak, with financial control had broken down much of this has been reported upon in scopa and the media so the media so no one in the house will tell us anything new we all know what is taking place we know the situation we find ourselves in what is encouraging minister and members of the house is a true team effort the department of public enterprise has made good corporate governance a priority and is slowly but surely being restored through the appointment of new boards and management. With new boards and management, financial control are being restored in these SOEs and corruption being dealt with through the law enforcement agencies and consequence management. The tide is turning against corruption, Jefferson. Assets are being seized and financial recoveries have commenced, as in the case of ESCOM. Law enforcement agencies are working on many cases of corruption in different SOEs, and the law must take its course. The, Department of, uh, the Department's annual performance plan is taking us down a path restoring corporate government, creating operational stability, and creating financial stability. While we understand that there are still many challenges that need to be overcome. It, it under difficult circumstances, an important start has been made and we must progressively build on all those efforts. State-owned enterprises function in strategic, sector, in strategic sectors of economy and positively contribute to national and local economic development. In a joint sitting of the National Assembly and the NSOP, the state president unveiled the Economic construction and Recovery Plan. And in the SONA 2021, the country received a report back on progress to date, and the Immigration Plan, For the path to economic renewal. The SOEs in partnership with the private sector will play a critical role in the implementation of the plan for infrastructure development, industrialization and localization. It is difficult to support the view that due to challenges facing these state-owned entities, governments should abandon them. As the first point, in the opposite direction, those who are due for wholesale privatization of state-owned enterprises Want to reinforce the tyranny of profit maximization at the expense of development? It is Albert Einstein who once said, "I quote: The economic anarchy of capitalist societies, as it exists today, is, in my opinion, the real source of evil." Close quote. We must not promote economic anarchy, but ensure support to realize the strategic value of state-owned enterprises as corporate vehicles for inclusive development. The fact is that SOEs makes an important contribution to the economy as the total revenue of state-owned entities corresponds to 8.8% of GDP. While this contribution does not crowd the economy and crowd out the private sector, it is most certainly a significant contribution. ESCOM contributes nearly one-third of that revenue. Most of these state owned entities are not small businesses, as the SOEs only in the Department of Public Enterprise table have a revenue stream of some 277 billion. This excludes other state owned entities such as AXA or the Central Energy Fund, which report to the Minister of Transport and Mineral Resources, respectively. These revenue numbers are not based on a good year, but rather on the last financial year which was negatively affected through the disruption of the COVID-19 pandemic. These are businesses which make a serious contribution to the economy and will continue to do so and financial perform much better under normal economic conditions, especially when we don't have corruption. State-owned entities make a serious contribution to the employment of thousands of South Africans who have good quality jobs in many different professions. Wherever state-owned entities function, they are able to positively contribute to the local economy, whether it's in electricity generation, transmission, and distribution, ports, rain, mining armaments, and forestry. And the list extends itself to even other state-owned entities outside the Department of Public Enterprise's statement. Since the beginning of the 6th Parliament, while progress to ensuring good governance, operational and financial stability, may appear to be measured, there is much progress which can be highlighted that is encouraging. The stability created in these SOEs through appointments of new boards and management has begun to actively deal with corruption in conjunction with law enforcement agencies and financial recoveries have begun to be made which are significant. There has been a reduction in losses as well as irregular and, fruit- and fruitless and wasteful expenditure. While the situation in this regard is not ideal, and much parliament oversight will be focused in this area, it is crucial to acknowledge that progress is being made and we are moving in the right direction. Some of irregular expenditure reflected in the last financial year. It's important to note these members of parliament was historical and is being dealt with. What I am not suggesting is that State-owned enterprises in the Department of Public Enterprise table that things are completely corrected. What I am suggesting is that progress is being made due to the corrective action taken, and this approach is leading to the success of achieving operational viability. Operations are starting to improve with renewed focus on the Department of State, uh, or on the Department or on the development of state-owned and. Enterprises business under difficult economic conditions as the economy is not yet normalized due to this pandemic. It is clear that upon ensuring good governance, that operational and financial stability must be achieved to reduce the dependency on these state owned entities on the fiscals, the funding which may have received from fiscals are part of the legal responsibility of the shareholder and was also based on the understanding of direct and indirect economic contribution to the state-owned enterprises, to the country. Challenges need to be confronted and resolved, and not merely abandoned an entity due to challenges it may be experienced. All state-owned enterprises are showing signs of improvement in terms of corporate government. ESCOM has shown an ability to function in a new way, given the level of action taken against corruption, as well as maintaining undertaken. The functioning of Medopin could still is slowly improving and should be heading towards optimal production. The business rescue practitioner uh, processes of SAA is finally concluded, and the new interim board and management can now develop the airline on a new business plan. This process could not have been ended fast enough, A after experiencing many challenges has reduced its losses and is starting to show signs of recovery. And this must be encouraged irrespective of the approach of the integrating all state assets in the mining sector. DINEL has experienced many challenges due to state capture and corruption. The salaries of workers are not being paid in is always a source of concern. The entity is undergoing restructuring and developing plan for its sustainability, which requires to be implemented in this financial year. It must also be acknowledged that the problem with TNL are not the problem of the sixth parliament, are the problem that inherited due to corruption and state capture. The committee will focus on progress which is being made in regard to all state-owned enterprises as part of its enhanced oversight, as we like the department's success from the entities. Corporate plans need to be more vigorous, integrated. Losses need to be reduced, and irregular wasteful expenditure need to decline even further or eradicated in the entities which report to the department. While the progress made with SOEs has been slow, it has been steadily and in a positive direction. Legal process always has its own time. There's a restoring of state-owned enterprises to operational, commercial, and financial sustainability must be geared towards enhancing shareholder value. The enhancement of this value means the ability of these entities to reach a post-capture and corruption stage, to be able to invest in infrastructure development of its balance sheet and not rely on our fiscal. The department is functioning under difficult conditions in the new normal and is succeeding the department's plan and programs need to take state-owned enterprises to the next level to viability in the current financial year. As the old adage goes, that Rome was not built in a day. The progress is encouraging only success images from it from such a positive and focused approach. Chairperson, the ANC support the budget vote for public enterprises. I thank you.
1: Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is Honourable Kachalia.
3: Thank you. The president has promised a new era in the management of state-owned companies and announced the establishment of the Presidential SOE Council, which aims to provide political oversight and strategic management to reform, reposition and revitalize SOEs. The fact is, COVID notwithstanding, is almost all SOEs are fully state-owned, but loss-making companies struggling to balance broader public policy objectives with commercial viability. Since they are largely operating in monopolistic markets, they function in an environment where market discipline is replaced by bureaucratic, regulatory, and administrative scrutiny that in the past was susceptible to capture by interest groups. Part of the SOE problem seems to have risen from the existence of multiple objectives, commercial objectives versus broader developmental goals, and often competing objectives of different government departments and agencies. What compounds the problem is that the system of SOE oversight is effectively run by civil servants who are by definition more vulnerable to direct political pressure and less inclined to be practical in addressing emerging problems. At the same time, they are less accountable in their relatively protected positions and not incentivized to pursue stewardship performance for which they would be accountable. The Portfolio Committee for Public Enterprises has been presented by the DPE with the blessing of its Minister, as it does year after year, with a PowerPoint overload of plans, promises and platitudes, none of which appear to understand that we are on the brink of economic and financial ruin. State-owned enterprises are intended to play an important role in the South African economy, and be a significant vehicle for achieving economic growth and poverty reduction. They are intended to address market failure and deliver key infrastructure services, such as energy transport and even water that allow the economy to grow while ensuring equity through access and quality of social services to all citizens. The theory of the game is that through these initiatives, the government's goal is to ensure that SOEs deliver on broader developmental goals and they support the transformation and competitiveness of the economy. The reality is otherwise. Before COVID, more than 10 million people were unemployed. The average growth rate hovered between 1% and 3%. We are likely to see the economic growth, no, we are not like. we are likely to see the economic growth of 2.9% year-on-year year in 2021 as it rebounds from the minus 7.3% year-on-year year collapse last year. The muted recovery has been accompanied by an unsustainable expansion in government borrowings and a widening fiscal deficit, helped by the dollops dished out to flights of fancy like the new SAA and continued bailouts of other SOEs, that the death of Danelle, the attenuation of Alex Gore, and the entropy of XCOM bear sad witness to. Moreover, According to the 2020 edition of the Economic Freedom of the World report, South Africa ranked 90th in the world after a high of 58th in 2000. After years of dedication to state controls and state led growth, the much promised prosperity has not been realized. And there is little hope of realizing the requisite levels of growth if Minister Gordon continues to be locked in an ideological straitjacket that balks at allowing the private sector to address patent market failure in the state sector. He believes state, well-run state-owned enterprises are important because the free market, in his words, is not a panacea for resolving economic and institutional challenges. What he doesn't understand is that the vested interests of government prevent SOEs from responding to market forces like supply and demand as nimbly as companies in the private sector, never mind systemically entrenching catered deployment and avenues for corruption to flourish. And so like Sisyphus in Greek mythology, Minister Gordon is condemned to roll a rock up to the top of the mountain, only to have the rock roll back to the bottom every time he reaches the top. Year in, year out, predating COVID, we are presented at best with a set of incentive setting box ticking exercises. At worst, the incentives will always encourage corruption because of the political connections and political wealth linked to managing an SOE. And ultimately, those South Africans who most need basic infrastructure are left literally in the dark. When ESCOM fails, a whole country sits without electricity, entirely attributable to government protecting its monopolistic position. When a business fails, as it should if it cannot adequately serve serve customer needs, it only affects the customers of that business, who will then likely flock to a better competitor. If Minister Gordon and others in government are serious about improving people's lives, they will implement the pro-economic reforms that the country desperately needs. As Kurt Hutting of the Free Market Foundation says, economic freedom both ensures greater capital formation and investment, creating more jobs, and encourages an environment in which greater competition lowers the prices of goods and improves the quality of services. Only in freer markets can more people create wealth, and thus they are better for poorer people than central command economies. Even the Cuban and Venezuelan governments are pursuing more open economic policies to rescue their moribund economies, thereby breaking with the Sisyphean madness that the minister is locked into. So when will this government realize the failings of its chosen ideology? Not while this government new dawn withstand, notwithstanding, and not knowing if it is Arthur or Martha when it comes to cogent economic policy continues to have its way. Not while this government and the party that holds sway fights amongst its own over the spoils of an increasingly meager carcass. Not while... The elites value Bentleys for themselves over bread for the masses. Not while a mindset that produced trubants and sluggish tractors in East Germany to drive its failing economy remain the lodestar of some quaint notion of progress. Not while the prime purpose is the service of a party over people to reward this or that faction depending on who wins the unseemly battle for bits of an ever shrinking pie. In the interim, it cannot be business as usual, with copious reports, even longer presentations, and the absence of device, decisive action. Ministers and presidents are supposed to lead and not be star characters in some modern-day Sisyphean tragedy. To quote Bob Dylan, from the, the minister alluded to, the times they are a-changing. Moreover, time is running out. Hashtag Time for change. We cannot support this budget vote. I thank you.
1: Thank you, Honourable Member. Thank you, Honourable Member. Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Maotwe. Thank you very much, House Chair
4: and House Chair. The EFF rejects the proposed budget for Vote 10 public enterprises with contempt. Since Mr. Gordon was appointed as the Minister of Public Enterprise, everyone except the EFF has stopped giving a fair and honest reflection of the current state of state owned entities in this country. We want to stand here today, Chair, to tell you about the legacy of Mr. Gordon as the Minister of Public Enterprise. And we will tell the future generation, and this is what you will be remembered for. Mr. Gordon, you will be remembered for privatizing ESCOM through imposing independent power producers' contracts and undermining any practicality of rebuilding ESCOM. The incompetent and obviously unqualified CEO, Andre Grater, goes around addressing platforms and telling people that the only way to guarantee energy security in this country is through the privatization of ESCOM. Clearly on the ruling party's mandate and that of yours and the one of the opposition, The fox is guiding the hen house. It is misguided to think that we can entrust the private sector with energy security and still expect economic development and transformation. Those who control energy, Minister, will ultimately control the developmental trajectory of this country. And we know that those who want to control energy generations are racist, narrow minded and only thinking of themselves driven by greed. You will be remembered, Minister, for facilitating the continuation of corruption and capture of ESCOM by facilitating the South 32 Serity contract. In October 2020, the National Treasury rejected ESCOM's request to extend the South 32 Serity contract and increase the contract without testing the market. But we are told today that the contract was extended for another four years, increasing the contract by 33%. This is daylight corruption and blatant state capture. Mr. Gordon, you will be remembered for the collapse and grounding of SAA and extortion of taxpayers' money by the so-called business rescue practitioners. At the same time, workers' livelihoods were destroyed, their families broken, and strategic assets with the potential and capacity to play a strategic role in domestic and international trade no longer exist in this country. You are delivering on the mandate to ensure that only white-owned companies play a meaningful role in the aviation space after the collapse of SAA. You will be remembered, Mr. Godan. For destroying the livelihoods of the employees of SA Express who were reduced to beggars for COVID relief groceries as many months passed by without being paid their duly work salaries. You will be remembered for a failure to make anything of what was left of Transnet. The Port of North today at Alexander Bay has no operations. We are told that Transnet will be expanding the port for export. For how long are we going to have these talk shows with no action? There are 19 licenses issued at Transnet Port Authority And we are told that only 16 belongs to Transnet. Yet Transnet provides the infrastructure for the private sector to do port operations at very minimal cost. Something that will not benefit the country and the people of this country at all. We were told that there is is more than 53% of the train cancellations at Transnet because there's no security and there's no planning in in place to address this issue. We are now being told that Transnet will expand the port of debit. The first thing you do, Minister, is to invite private sector under the disguise of operational efficiency. yet Transnet has demonstrated over the years good performance. And the problem at Transnet is not that there's no operational efficiency. The problem is the people that we have employed, the unqualified, unethical, and under-experienced leadership of Transnet that we have today running the entity. we were told about Transnet Academy that remains a pipe dream despite being launched over three years ago. The current chairman of Transnet, Dr. Bob Muliv, Collect money from transnet service providers under the guise of foundation fundraising. And when we were asked about this, Minister, you said there's nothing wrong. Of course, you see nothing wrong because Popo is the puppet and serves the selfish interest of deliberately corrupting transnet so that you can hand it over to private sector. We know this models of and we have written to the public protector to report this matter and for further investigation. You will be remembered, Mr. Kodan, for reducing Alex Co to a non-entity. Diamonds have been stolen, contracts awarded are corrupt, and the Zondo Commission investigations confirmed this. We are told that there was a total sale of 3.5 billion rents, but no dividends were paid to beneficiaries for over 10 years. You will be remembered for reducing Dinell into a shadow of its former self. What was one state industrial capacity with commendable and admirable capacity to lead in technological innovation and manufacturing of -of state-of-the-art machines cannot afford to pay salaries of their workers today. Workers are depressed, orders are cancelled, revenues have declined, and debt continues to rise with no practical, believable, or decisive intervention. We know that this is your way of reducing the state's role in the economy and paving the way for wide owned companies in the defense and military technology space. This is your legacy, Mr. Gordana, and this is what you will be remembered for today and time in memorial we will rebuild state capacity when we take over and bring to an end the rapid degeneration of all strategic state-owned entities dysfunctional management non-payment of worker salaries and unmanageable debt as we have said before we are not surprised by this because we know that there is a deliberate organized plan to hand over strategic public access to the hands of few whites to further and change control of the economy. The ultimate aim is to strip the country of its ability to develop, and the biggest losers will be the people of South Africa. To rebuild South Africa's economy, we have to build state capacity in strategic sectors, and we must build strong SOEs and use state procurement through these SOEs as a driver of localization. We must confidently show how much was spent on local products for every run we spent through these SOEs. We know that there's no forthcoming commitment from the ruling party and yourself on this issue, even when it is contained in your confidence resolutions and your election manifestos. This is the reason why the government of the day, including all SOEs, must do away with outsourcing and tendering. This is also why we must amend the Public Financial Management Act to ensure that 80% of all government procurement is sourced locally. We know that the board of SOEs were instructed not to allow duly elected public representatives to conduct oversight despite the mandate given to public representatives by the voters. We wrote to Dinell to translate to ESCOM, to SAFCOL, and SAA and all other entities that need our attention. And we were shocked to learn that none of these entities were willing to cooperate. This attitude will not last long because we have a constitutional obligation to oversee all these SOEs, and we will do it without fear or favor. We know that this is a matter of time, Mr. Pagodam, we will not have you Preside over SOEs for long because we know that every day that passes is nothing short of unashamedly cheering for the looting of state assets. Remember,
1: I thank you for department. I thank you, chair. Thank you, honourable member.
5: Yes, you will be remembered. Yeah, yeah.
1: The next speaker is the honourable Butelezi. The next speaker is the honourable Butelesi. Is the Honorable Butalesi on the platform? Honorable members, I will have to come back and uh, ask the table to find out if the Honorable Butalesi is having a problem with connectivity or not. In the meantime, uh, the Honorable Vessels.
6: Thank you, Chaperson. Chairperson, there's no doubt that uh, state owned entities are rampant and were rampant with corruption, with mismanagement. There is no doubt that there is a crisis, and there's no doubt that we cannot continue on this path. Chairperson, we know that people are suffering. People are funding, the people of South Africa are funding these state owned entities which were collapsed by corruption. They are funding these state-owned entities by paying unaffordable electricity tariffs during a very economic turmoil time. They are funding these corruption, acts of corruption and mismanagement by also funding bailouts. The minister does well to identify and to take a firm stance on corruption. But chairperson, the minister fails to identify the origin. This corruption and state capture is not limited to a certain era. It's not limited to the former president and his comrades. I do not think so. We will not get rid of corruption and exploitation if the system does not change a system that created a conducive environment for price inflation, a conducive environment for corruption and fraud, a system which allowed ESCOM to procure a fluorescent light for 900 rand whilst it normally costs 60 rand, allowed a litre of milk to be procured for 56 rand and a broom for 280,000 rand. Chairperson, it is a system where merit does not count, where appointments are not done based on experience and qualification. It is a system which fails the majority of South Africans, whilst enriching a select few. Whilst failed ideology and policies are prioritized and government sticks to doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, insanity will prevail. The fiscus will continue to fund failed state owned companies, and the poorest of the poor will continue to suffer. Blaming the pandemic for failed state owned entities is ridiculous. COVID did not inflate the building contracts prices of Kosili and Madupi. Poor planning, corruption, and fraud did. This department chairperson was established by the National Party government to privatize state-owned entities. The ill is not capitalism, nor the private sector. State-owned companies which were privatized, such as SASOL, are successful companies, creating employment, growing the economy, and doing more social upliftment than government does. The solution is not more turnaround strategies, more plans, more reports, more promises, and more councils or committees. The solution is not more bailouts, whilst the poor are suffering due to a lack of basic service delivery. Privatize these entities. Stop failed ideology and policies such as Black economic empowerment. Deregulate and ensure healthy competition. Allow the private sector to create jobs and grow the economy and stop the system that allows and our breeding ground for corruption and cater deployment. I thank you.
1: Thank you, Honorable Member. I've been informed that the Honorable Talese have connectivity problems, and the Honorable Singh, when he's ready, will participate in the debate on his behalf. Uh, I'm still waiting for an indication from the NA table when they will be ready. In the meantime, I will continue with the Honorable Swart.
7: Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, having served with the Minister and others on the ESCOM parliamentary inquiry, we in the ACDP are still shocked as day by day we hear of even more evidence of state capture and corruption at ESCOM. The most recent series of investigations by law firm Bowmans indicate tenders for $178 $178 billion have been red flagged that ESCOM awarded to local and international companies over the years. Uh, red flag has been possibly tainted with corruption or, and misconduct. And these reports fed into the SIU investigations into ESCOM procurements. The Reports also relate to Kusile Power Station and the tens of billions of rands looted and plundered there. This at a time when the country is facing severe power outages affecting our economic recovery. Massive delays and cost overruns have contributed to the critical electric electricity shortage crippling South Africa's economy. However, we in the ACDP do commend ESCOM on the 83 billion rand debt reduction. This is to be commended as it does as a significant reduction of the debt. Much, however, still needs to be done. And in this regard, the ACDP welcomes the fact that the SIU has referred 66 criminal investigations to the NPA's Corruption Fighting Unit following years of investigation into these big, build projects. To a person, the evidence is clearly there. And Whilst we welcome the progress and look forward to the minister responding at the end to further progress, we do realise that a lot still needs to be done. Now, as I've said over the years, it is lawful and possible to effect civil recovery of proceeds of crime anywhere in the world. And I'm sure the minister, as a previous minister of finance, would be aware of that. Using the SWIFT banking system, the civil courts, artificial intelligence, it is possible to apply ex parte without notice to the looters for an order freezing proceeds of crime wherever they may be found throughout the world. We would encourage SREs, and particular ESCO to approach foreign courts for freezing orders, which are obtainable within days of locating those funds, no matter where they are, where they can be recovered. Chairperson, lastly, the ACDP is concerned about the delay in the finalization of the Sharehold Management Bill. This bill aims to establish the legal framework in which all parastatals operate and to ensure that their boards and executives are accountable. It has been in the pipeline for many years And now is apparently not even one of the departmental targets. This is highly regrettable, and we'd like the Honorable Minister to update us in this regard. Uh, Thank you.
1: Thank you, Honorable Member. Is the Honorable Singh on the platform? The Honorable Singh? (coughs) Or the Honorable Butalesi? Are you connected now? Honourable members, we must proceed. We ask the IFP to sort out this problem, please. The next speaker is the Honourable Kwan
8: Thank you very much, Chairperson. At the core of improving South Africa's growth, growth trajectory is the need for government, and South Africa in particular, to sort out its governance framework for its many SOEs. As the SOECD once indicated last year that such a framework would
1: require
8: uh, PLEA company specific objectives instead in terms of pro- profitability, capital structure, and the non financial objectives of the company. Over the Over past, past decade, uh, uh, SOEs Sog. have been yeah. crippled and captured by rampant corruption and state they capture. They capture. Unless we do something or government addresses the governance failures and introduces a similar framework, our SOEs will continue. To be, a to be train train fiscal. On the fiscal How can That's we possibly achieve economic transformation and growth when companies like Eskom, South African Airways, Dinel, Alexco, Transnet are experiencing government challenges, financial and operational challenges? It is very disappointing that these companies are still dependent on government for on the taxpayer for finance to settle operating expenses. Something that is not sustainable at all and somehow exposes the risk, them to a risk of liquidation. Every year at in where Parliament is called upon to approve to, uh, to 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 deal with bailouts on a yearly basis. The unfortunate part is that all of these bailouts never seem to help the companies, the SOEs to address the government's challenges. The problem we feel as the ETF is that we are throwing money at the problem rather than addressing the underlying causes which create the government failures the SOE. We are concerned that the shareholder management bill seems to to be dragging on. This bill is actually as long as the time I've spent in Parliament, and there doesn't seem to be movement on the part of government to try and ensure that this matter is being attended to. It is. It's very sad that in the stand age, after having undertaken many oversight visits to companies that is denied that employees are still being owed money, salaries by Dinell, that Dinell is still struggling, has financial constraints that we have not been able to address and to attend to. The recovery of money stolen during state care is frustratingly slow, and this is a major concern for the United Democratic Movement. I heard the chairperson say, Rome was not built in one day. Yes, we did agree with that, but we were not the supervisors or foremen in that job. I thank you very much. The UDM does not support the budget vote.
1: Thank you, Honourable Member. The next speaker is the Honourable Singh.
9: Thank you, thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. Unfortunately, Honourable Ian Butleji has been having some connection problems, and I was in another meeting, but I'll deliver his uh, speech on his behalf. Honourable Chairperson, the IFP has long held the view that this department should not exist, and that its various entities would be far better managed were they to fall under their respective line function departments. It would appear that this is the correct viewpoint, given the litany of bad business practices and gross maladministration that have plagued and which continue to plague the entities that currently fall within its mandate. Unfortunately, as always, South Africa and the South African taxpayers remain the losers. The question we should be asking is, Is the current distribution of entities that fall under this department sensical? How is this advancing our constitutional imperatives for transformation and accountability, and very importantly, basic service delivery? The IFP is of the opinion that this department, if allowed to continue, will break the back of the South African economy. As we speak here today, this department remains one of the worst performers of our new democratic dispensation. It glaringly seems to serve but one purpose, and that is advancing the ANC's cater deployment policy at the expense of this country and at the expense of our people. Thus, it is not surprising that the entities under this department are always seeking a bailout. We can count them, Eskom, South African Airways, GENEL, to name but a few. They have cost us billions of rand in bailouts. The IP believes that if we want to bring stability, we must stop making these entities nomadic. Instead, we should put them under their proper line function departments. This will ensure far greater accountability and stability. It cannot be feasible in any way that when a cabinet member is reshuffled from one department to another, the state entities under him or her move with him or her to the next department. This is a fantastic abuse of budget and leads to ever compounding inefficiencies. By continuing to allow this, this government has set these state entities up for continued failure. Chairperson, at the end of the day, it is the people who must pay to bail out these entities. It is the people who must pay to bail out these entities. It is the people who must pay for the failures of these entities. It is the people who experience the effects of the failures of these entities such as load shedding in the case of ESCO. While the department says that this vote is about driving investment, productivity and transformation to unlock growth, drive industrialization, create jobs and develop skills, the IFP believes that this is wishful thinking and negligent, if not willful misdirection. Like many of its counterparts, this department engages in a smoke and mirrors exercise in its budget, hoping that the people will take the bait as regards the continued promises of jobs and transformation. But the reality is that there are currently no jobs and no transformation at this department, only gaping debt and insolvencies. Only recently, South African Airways completed a retrenchment process. Denel is in tatters and cannot pay salaries. Can we really trust that this department will deliver the promise of jobs and transformation? No. That is impossible. Chairperson, the IFP does not support this budget. I thank you.
1: Thank you, Honorable Member. And thank you for standing in for the Honorable Butelesi. The next speaker is the Honorable Dlamini. Thanks,
10: Chair. Honorable Members, good morning. Uh, the budget vote on public enterprises is occurring under challenging times, given both the social economic effects of COVID-19 and opportunities to embark on the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. The building of SOEs that were negatively affected by state capture and corruption commenced, and much progress is being made to re-establish corporate governance, operational and financial viability of SOEs. SOEs have an important developmental role in South Africa to ensure economic renewal. These entities have both a commercial function and developmental role. They also serve as an arm for the delivery of important government policy objectives, as they operate, operate in strategic spheres of the economy. Many SOEs have played a key role in the development of key infrastructure, which enables the efficient function of many other sectors of the economy. This budget vote is occurring. When there is much steady progress achieved by the Department of Public Enterprise Enterprises under the sixth parliament to reverse the negative effects of state character and corruption. This has occurred through the appointment of new boards and management. There has been a rigorous process followed in the appointment of directors to the different boards to avoid any conflict of interest between the SOE and new directors which are, which are appointed. Skills, capacity, and capability was another important criteria for of directors to ensure that the different SOE ports have the correct skills and capacity to restore operational efficiency, financial controls, and achieve financial viability. Financial viability mm-hmm. is critical to restore SOEs to perform on their commercial and development, developmental mandate and create going content. More importantly, it is imperative that SOEs create and grow shareholder value. In this process, the department has ensured that the boards have a clear mandate in terms of what is expected by the shoulder and will also undergo performance assessment. This is certainly encouraging to ensure there is focus on developing corporate governance and financial control for the development of the business. We, are, we also welcome the improvement that Alex got. They have recorded their profits after a long time of losses thanks to the new team led by the CEO there. This is a positive, this is a positive sign that we're going to turn things around at these SOEs. SAA has traditionally played an important role in the country in the aviation industry. The view of the country being at the southern tip of Africa meant that it was in the national economic interest that the country had a flag carrier in the aviation industry, as air travel is the fastest and most efficient mode of transport. Since the the creation of the Democratic South Africa, SAA was able to create a regional hub for international flights at OR International Tambo Airport. The airline made a major contribution to the the tourism industry in the country, which has traditionally made a major contribution to the GDP. SAA has historically had a number of challenges from corporate governance and financial point of view. It is well known that the airline was placed under business rescue and has dragged on for many months. It is a relief that this process is finally concluded and the business has finally been passed back to the interim and management. Government support for the airline was based on the legal and moral, moral responsibility for the shareholder and the economic importance of the airline for the country. The airline created many direct jobs and indirect jobs as well as contributing to the local economies in which the airline operates. The company will have, the company will have to grow It's business on a new business plan, and the department needs to ensure that there is a strategic partner which is sought who has the same vision as the to grow the business. The department will need to assess the reconstruction of the state assets in aviation industry to ensure that economies of scale can be created from these assets to function under adverse conditions in afflicting both local and global aviation industry. The global lockdown negatively affected the aviation industry, and most and most national airlines are struggling to recover as the aviation industry is a capital intensive and low margin business. The airline like it's the airline like its international competitors will take much more time to recover, given the effects of second and take of the pandemic. This means the recovery of the airline is not a quick fix and it will need to prepare for post COVID 19 well. This can only occur if the majority of countries receive the vaccine, as the wealthy northern countries dominate the vaccine. CSA must must function with vision, and its financial control must be efficient function. Machines in the industry are very tight under normal conditions, and it's difficult under current market conditions. The national airline does does have a bright future, but one step at a time. The growth of our tourism industry is critical to the country's economic growth. And this is completed by the functioning of the national ally. Transnet plays a critical role in the logistics and freight sector and makes a substantive economic contribution directly and indirectly to the economy. It, is, it has divisions which operate the major ports in the country, a national freight rail service and passenger service, as well as petroleum logistics business through ports, rail, and tank farms. It is an integrated logistics and freight, and freight business. The ports and rail service which Transnet operates is crucial to the conduct of many business activities. It is common cause that transport enables the movement of goods, people, and services throughout the country, and therefore the economy is unable to function without such services as provided by Transnet in any substantive manner. The port facilitates important exports of various types of goods as the country is not closed in distance from its major trading partners. The country is dependent on many commodities which are not produced domestically to be imported, and also depend on the rail and ports for the export of minerals, agricultural products, man- and manufactured goods. South African ports are based on international standards. Transnet's financial performance has been encar- encouraging under difficult economic conditions, as it was able to generate revenue of over 75 billion and made a 3.8 billion profit. The company has an asset base of 142 billion. This is encouraging, given the difficult economic climate imposed by the pandemic. This is no small operation as it, as it directly employs 50,000, 55,000 people and contributes to direct employment in the service and engineering industry. This is a large enterprise by any international standard. It is one, of, it is, it is one that needs to be strengthened in order to ensure economic growth and development. Its procurement enables transformation through the support of the empowerment companies for services and goods. The, de- the department has facilitated the appointment of a new board and management at Transnet. The board and management have been dealing with state capture and corruption at the entity. This board is clear that it has to restore financial controls and grow the business. The different business divisions need to improve on its cost structure and its efficiency to ensure optimal functioning. Transnet is one of the SOEs, which is critical for infrastructure development as part of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan, given the strategic logistics role it plays in in our economy. With growth in the industrial activity and changes in the maritime industry, the president correctly announced development of a given port in the summer of 2020. This this is critical to ensure that the larger container vessels are able to dock at the given port, port infrastructure supports exports, of South African ports. The Devon Port is critical for the exports from the motor industry, which has expanded its South operations in the form of Ford, tort, and messages. The Cape Town port is crucial for the export of agricultural products, such as just as Richards Bay is crucial for the exports of minerals. This expansion of the Durban port will make the country's economy more efficient. Transnet has already commenced with a feasibility study to commence with this project. This is a major infrastructure upgrade of the Durban Port based on world-class standards and supports economic renewal and growth. It will also be a source of job creation. The NC government has embarked on a policy of moving freight and goods from road to rail in order to preserve the road network through reduction in number of heavy duty trucks on the roads. Transnet rail will play an important role to ensure the realisation of this policy. In this regard, the Transnet rail has embarked on improving security of the rail network and ensuring that it is able to cope with increased freight volume. In addition to transnet rail, in addition, transnet rail is planning a high-speed train from
2: Japan into the country's major
10: inland, into the country's major inland market. This will improve the efficiency in the, in the movement of goods and freight between the inland market and the coast, and the coast. A number of these major projects will be undertaken with the private sector. Transnet is seeking to grow its revenue going forward 200 euros. Our our 2019 manifesto made the following commitment to transform the economy to serve the people. To this end, government is committed to expand the port of Devon, and and this will deal with the issue of aging infrastructure and uh, and unlock auxiliary opportunities in the port activities and create more jobs, thereby growing our economy through multiplier effects of the rise. To address the monopolies, excessive economic concentration, and abuse of dominance by large corporations, to this end, there is a program to assist small scale miners to export their code at the Richards Bay Terminal. Section 77, nine, Section 79 of the Ports Act empowers CNP to, to redirect and utilize licenses to business which are in need of the same resource. Education. To I'm this the end, trust the time is expired. Thank you. Oh, we support the budget vote. Thanks. Thank you.
1: I now invite the Honorable Osoma, who will preside over the remainder of this virtual mini plenary session. The Honorable Osoma.
11: Thank you, Honorable House Chair Floric. Now I invite um, Honorable uh, Sheikh Imam NFP. Honorable Sheikh Imam. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. That, yeah.
12: Yeah. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Yes. Uh, uh, I have a crisis because both debates are coming up at the same time. But thank you very much for this. Yes, the National Freedom Party will support the budget vote of public enterprises tabled here today. But Chairperson, having said that, you know, the public enterprises had a specific purpose, and in my understanding, the purpose was to promote economic development and growth in South Africa, create more jobs, and any income that is generated uh, 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 from the uh, state-owned entities will be used to improve the quality of life and reinvest it into, South, in, in, into the economy. Having said that, one raises concern about the, state okay. the okay. state-owned entities. Yes, Samudio, can you hear me?
11: Now it's better. Hello. I just couldn't hear you. You may, oh, you may sorry. proceed. Yes, we can hear you now.
12: Yes, you know, the, state of the state-owned entities at this point in time is, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But what is very clear we have learned from your minister, and I feel vindicated, is that I've repeatedly said that there is no problem with the state-owned entities as, as such. The problem is the interference. And I think if you listen and watch the Zondo Commission, you can see very, very clearly the cause of the collapse of the state-owned entities, particularly as a result of the deployment committee, particularly in the African National Congress, who has been responsible for deploying officials and and, and people on these boards, members, and who had a mandate to fund the, the, the organizations. And they have come out very, very clear about this. Added to that is the fact that many of these people that have been appointed by people that did not have the necessary capacity to be able uh, to perform those functions optimally. So the question is, uh, a Minister, what are you going to do to change this now that we know and understand why the state-owned entities are in the situation that they are today? And I think I must also agree with Honorable Singh to ask ourselves, do we need the state uh, 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 public enterprises? Do we need uh, public works? Why not allow these to fall under the relevant department? We'll be saving a lot of money and perhaps better management of them. If we look at the issue of South African Airways, I still, Minister, have not had a response on the issue of Coleman Andrews who sold our entire fleet and started leasing it to his own company. I hope at some stage you initiate some investigation into this so that we'd be able to do that. But added to that is this. It appears that the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing. How do you expect airlines like SAA and Mango in South Africa to survive? When the civil aviation authority continues to issue licenses, despite the limit, limited amount of business and travelers in the country currently, particularly with COVID-19, and brings in more and more new airlines. Now, surely this is going to impact on the performance of the state entities in the private sector. Public sector, this uh, or oh, sorry, in the private sector, this will not be allowed. But because it's the public sector, we can bring in more and more airlines, which is impacting on our very own. Uh, uh, And I believe that again, that must be a matter that needs to be dealt with. Now we talk about that we're going to have new boards and new management. The question is unless we, you know, stop interfering in the running of these entities and let them run independently, we're not going to have success. I will stop that, but the National Freedom Party will support it. I see chairperson is watching very closely, thank you.
11: Thank you, Honorable Sheikh Imam. Now I recognize member from AIC. AIC. We shall proceed, Honorable Members. Honorable from COPE. COPE. Now we shall proceed, Honorable Members, and we recognize member from the DA. Honorable Clark, over to you.
5: Thank you, Chairperson. Government's failure to implement an adjusted governance framework for its many state-owned enterprises will have dire consequences on the fiscal and real economic reform needed in South Africa. Such a framework would set clear aims in terms of profitability expectations, capital structure, and non-financial objectives for SOEs that are expected to deliver upon. Let's start by unpacking the viability of denial, government- being the sole shareholder has shown no urgency to deal with its financial freefall. Government's inability to take decisive action has made its predicament all the worse. Denel was once at the forefront of developing cutting-edge technology in drones, fifth-generation air-to-air missiles, naval missiles, artillery systems, and protected vehicles. It was once the core in manufacturing arms for the SANDF. NAL's inability in meeting its contractual obligations for product support and maintenance will affect combat readiness within the SANDF. This situation poses a major threat to South Africa and makes our country less secure. In the financial year ending in 2020, its losses were $1.9 billion, mainly due to rising operational costs. With its liabilities exceeding its assets, there's a rising risk that Danelle will default on his obligations and head into bankruptcy. For a number of years, the Auditor General has issued the most damning qualifications possible. In most instances, a refusal to express an opinion on the financial statements as the information given by the company could not be trusted. Government has shown no urgency or apparent strategy to deal with this situation. This has only contributed to the further decline at the entity. We have seen chronic mismanagement at Denel that is as a result of awarding contracts to good-to-own companies, catered employment, and poor financial control in place. The Zondo Commission has accused Parliament for being simply a rubber stamp aiding and abetting state capture. All the while, both President President Ramaphosa and the Minister of Public Enterprise, Proving Gordon, have made numerous promises to reform SOEs with no such plan having materialised. In fact, the insistence on bailing out failing SOEs has put the country in financial dire straits and can be directly linked to the ec- economic implosion South Africa is experiencing at the moment. Chairperson, I have done oversight at Denel Dynamics. They are broke. I have witnessed with my own eyes the plant at a virtual standstill. Denal Dynamics has asked their staff to work relentlessly on contracts that were secured so that they may be paid on a future date. The Vehicle Manufacturing Division has come to a complete standstill. They do not have the capital to finance tenders and contracts that are in the pipeline to sustain itself. Denal has not been able to pay staff members since last year, June. It's ironic that the previous chairperson of the board, Ms. Halala, did not appear before the DPE committee meeting to account. The chairperson of the committee of the DPE had to get his office to summons her to attend this meeting. She is now part of the presidential SOE's council that guides the president in terms of political oversight and strategic management reform. It's an absolute disgrace. Honourable Minister Gordon, transformation at SOEs will never be able to reform our country if this government does not urgently unbundle, privatise, and bring on board strategic equity partners. This needs to be done with haste, a five-letter word this government does not understand. It is for this reason that that the DA has called for Denal to be placed under business rescue as it is becoming apparent that the entity has collapsed and will not be able to be saved. Chairperson, the same can be said for Alex Corp, who has been subjected to dirty dealings where Dormant Shelf Company was awarded the tender to mine diamonds, receiving its first tranche of multi-million rand payouts in the first month, yet another SOE plagued with fraud, corruption and state capture. SOEs are the shovels being used to dig this country's grave. This is a truth that can no longer be denied. You need to realize that bailouts make South Africans poorer, and no matter how many councils, committees, and advisory bodies you create, this fact won't change. The DA will not support this budget. But I thank you.
11: Thank you, Honorable Member. Now we'll proceed to Honorable Mkwanazi from the ANC. Honorable Mkwanazi, over to you,
13: Uh, Honourable House Chair, uh, thank you very much, Honourable Minister, uh, Honourable Deputy Minister, Honourable Members. The Sixth Parliament inherited a situation where the country faced many challenges with different SOEs. In the case of ESCOM, the country faced the challenges of load shedding due to greater demand and ESCOM could supply with negatively impacted on the economic growth. This was coupled with state capture and corruption, which weakened the entity in terms of corporate governance and financial controls. The, large, the, the last budget, uh, Honorable Chair, we must note that it was based on ensuring that a state capture and corruption needs to be dealt with, uh, with, including the involvement of law enforcement agency and restoring of corporate governance and financial control needs to occur in all SOEs like ESCOM, this is characterized by the restructuring of ESCOM in line, in line with ESCOM made by the department. Honorable Chairperson, however, this budget vote is based on the progress made by the Department of Public Enterprise in the fight against the state capture and corruption, as well as restoring corporate governance and financial controls in different SOEs. It should be clear, House Chair, that there are policy differences between the DA, and the african 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 national congress on this matter for the da advocated for the discarding and privatized uh, the soes the african national congress a government when faced with challenges does does not abandon the entities or merely have the fire sale to sell the silver not being able to deal with challenges shows a political weakness so as the African National Congress will find a solution, no matter how difficult the problem is, because in every prob- problem, there is a solution. Honorable House Chair, the solution for the challenges facing large institutions which are capital uh, intensive and, and that operate in the strategic sectors, in the sectors of economy, do, do not have an instant solution. The role of Eskom is the sole and, and the largest supply of electricity in the country. It must be noted that, and it is fully integrated company which operates throughout a value chain, which is generation, transmission, and distribution. Eskom generates electricity from different energy carriers, such as coal, nuclear, and hydropower. And these carriers, from any from any integrated system of supply. Of electricity. It is power stations that supply the bulk of electricity demand to, to the country, complemented at this stage by a small volume generated by IPP. Uh, so the country's large electricity demand cannot be supplied by a single energy carrier. Uh, Honorable House Chair, it must be noted that in the midst of everything, ESCOM has some 47 employees and indirectly created. One hundred and eighty eight thousand more jobs in service of electricity sector has and it has a large asset based value of some uh, eight hundred and twenty three billion in the last financial year revenue uh, in the last financial year revenue of escom was one hundred and ninety nine billion and this occurred under a trying economic condition conditions given the effect of a pandemic. This is a significant economic contribution and the uh, value added to the country's uh, economic growth. It is not a small operation and it is not a capacity that should be abandoned due to the challenges in favor of something new that does not exist. Uh, this capacity cannot merely be dismissed in any adventurous manner as it, is prov- it, it, as it provides the country's security uh, of supply for its base load of electricity. Honourable House Chair, we must note that in an expanding generation capacity for economic reconstruction and renewal, His Excellency the President Ramaphosa highlighted the problems of ESCOM because as the government of the ANC, we are not shy to raise the challenges we are facing and we are not shy and we give all our consent and all our energies to put our energy our energy to make sure that we deal directly with those and with, with, with those challenges uh, the president highlighted the problems of escom in terms of maintenance unplanned shutdown shut due to age, age, aging power, stage power plants and the technical problem associated with medupi and kusile the president committed com, committed to escom dealing with these challenges whilst at the same time ensuring the expansion of generation capacity of the country and the commitment to the expansion of the electricity sector through IPP generated power from renewable energy. This was at the result of the growth in electricity demand in the country as we have energy intensive economy. House Chair, in order to maintain a supply demand balance of electricity expansion, of the generation capacity is necessary for inclusive economic growth and development. Simultaneously, the president co- committed to, to restoring corporate governance, ensuring plant reliable, inclusive, the opti- optimal functioning of Medubi and Kusile. Moreover, the Sona, in the Sona also committed the restructuring of ESCOM in terms of DPE roadmap to ensure commercialization of utility to enhance plants' reliability for optimization of assets and enhancing efficiency. The expansion of generation capacity through renewable energy is important, as this also will reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, The progress made thus far, in the past financial year, ESCOM has made a a huge progress in a number of areas. And whilst uh, this is not a claim that all problems are resolved, but it is a recognition of the fact that the department has made an important start and its plans and programs are geared towards these programs to the next level. The department has ensured the corporate governance has improved through the new board and changes in management. Corruption at the entity is being addressed and this has been extensively reported. And And law is taking its course financial recoveries has occurred in in relation to medupi as indicated by the honorable minister escom has successfully commenced restructuring in the three divisions under the holding company and the separation between generation transmission and distribution has already occurred with separate income and cash flow statements executives responsible for different divisions have already uh, appointed uh, this separation this separation into Into operation divisions will will also enable the supply of IPP generated electricity through transmission grid. It must be noted, uh, Honorable Chairperson, that the legal separation requires legislation and solution to its debt liability. The ESCOM revenue of 199 billion was made under difficult economic conditions given the pandemic. uh, There is an improvement in the pricing of coal. Uh, to power station and this occurs on the coal plus basis and not on the import period uh, basis, which is more expensive. This cost plus system is a more transparent cost structure as ESCOM is able to view the cost structure of the mine, of the mine supplying it. ESCOM has made a great progress in reducing cost and exceedingly their plan, plan targets. There was there was also an improvement in the municipal debt reduction through the installation of prepaid meters and need to be and this needs to be ex- extended to other local areas. House chair, there is also has also been improvement in terms of maintenance of the power plants and correction of the defects at at Medubi and Kusile. Most units at Metwepi are functioning and ESCOM is working on Kusile on, on the same manner. This approach by ESCOM is geared towards improving the entity energy availability factor and increases generation capacity. It is attempting a green refill of power stations, which are, near, are nearing the end of its life cycle as part of the just transmission. The power utility made, a. it must be noted that the power utility made a nine billion profit. And this was drawn by its debt repayment of, of 30 billion which gave a utility a loss of 20 billion. Therefore, a house chair, the debt li- liability is the biggest problem facing the utility in terms of achieving financial stability. And it is important that some attention is given to reduce the debt li- li- liability. But it must be noted at uh, the progress in the, in the irregular expenditure that was drastically reduced in the last financial year. ESCOM has also ensured the consequence management to those responsible for the for, for the large cost of, or, 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 of of the of the project. The progress, part, the progress on the part of ESCOM is certainly commendable and needs to be up, uploaded. A house Chair, the ANC government is in the correct course to restore the operation viability of SOEs like ESCOM to make a possible contribution to economic reconstruction and renewal therefore it is difficult to find a policy agreement with the approach which the da has act- articulated in this house that escom is finished this is uh, this is all, this is only a political narrative and is not based on the facts and it does not able it does not take into consideration that the escom role and the fact that no replacement actually exists in any event, uh, DA has not contributed a substantive idea on the development of energy security, which is supportable. Uh, Honourable House Chair, the less said about the EFF loudhailing, the better. Uh, we will not uh, be able to 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 waste our energy and time on the hailing without a sustainable uh, contribution and on on the policy on the policy matter on this on this issue. In the simple English, uh, I'm saying the ANC government is the is the government at work and we are moving towards a restructured electricity industry, which is... Thank you, Honorable Member. ...of the economic restructuring the, and recovery the of the... Up, Honorable Member. All ...to support the budget. Thank you.
11: Thank you, Honorable Member. Now we'll proceed, Honorable Members. I recognize the Minister of Public Enterprises, Honorable Gordon. Over to you, sir.
0: Thank you, Jefferson, and good morning to you. And thank thank you to all of the contributions that we've had this morning. Some of them demonstrate the deep thought that some people have put into the challenges that SOEs face. And equally, we've seen a demonstration of the paucity of thought around matters that are of absolute national interest. So we have differences in ideology and policy, which we are not going to resolve. Uh, here, But I can certainly say that the government's approach to SOEs in terms of restructuring, repositioning, including private sector participation and not privatization, uh, and bringing in elements of competition in order to increase performance is an absolutely correct approach. We have continuously seen the neglect for development throughout the world where well-run SOEs are, in fact, making a major contribution to economic growth, to network industries and, and their efficiency, and indeed uh, the creation of jobs for professionals and young people. Our aim clearly, Chairperson, is to move out of this era of state capture, to move away from the kind of damage that has been caused, which many seek uh, in during this debate, to actually ignore. And in fact, we have an interesting form of corruption denialism, where very few speakers have made reference to the damage uh, that has been caused during this particular period. Uh, Honorable Singh, for example, was part of the inquiry into ESCOM. He personally knows the kind of lies that were given to the parliamentary inquiry uh, during that particular point in time. Yet I suppose the party line actually matters. And as Honorable Nkunazi has pointed out, facts do matter. And it is the facts that actually guide us in this particular regard. The second point I want to make in relation to some of the uh, issues raised by Honorable Members in relation to the shareholder bill is the following in respect of the SOE Council. And, and I, and I uh, say the following, I'm pleased to report that the SOE Council has been established to strategically reform, reposition, and revitalize the SOEs. The work of PSEC is underpinned in the objectives set out for the working work streams for finance, governance, and consolidation and crisis management. The governance work stream is responsible for elaborating the centralized shareholder oversight model and to develop key performance management measures for SOEs. So this is indeed honorable members' work in progress. It will also contribute to the development of an SOE bill for new overarching legislation governing these entities. The finance works team is working on determining innovative funding solutions for SOEs, given the constrained fiscus. The consolidation and crisis management works team will identify SOEs That should be consolidated and also review the mandates of SOEs. Of course, the president, as the head of the council, will report on these outcomes in due course. So this is indeed a progress, uh, Chairperson, that we are making in this particular regard. My third point in relation to Honorable Vessels is uh, there is an interesting new book uh, in the bookshops. The author is Nick Dahl. The title of the book is Rogue's Gallery an irreverent history of corruption in South Africa. So he's absolutely right. Corruption has a long history uh, going back many years. And indeed in world history, every society has been impacted by corruption and the behavior of elites and professionals in in this particular regard. Our task is to overcome this legacy. Our task is to minimize this legacy. Our task is to make sure that notwithstanding the damage caused as is evidenced uh, by the evidence given to the Zondo Commission, uh, is to overcome that, use that evidence in order to learn the uh, lessons that have uh, been put forward to us as a South African public, a government, and indeed Parliament itself, as some colleagues have mentioned, uh, and to ensure that we go beyond that and put the SOEs on a completely new footing. I very elaborately said earlier on, Chairperson, that putting the SOEs on a different footing is not going to be an easy task, it's an arduous task. There is no uh, quick fix that is actually available. Now one can understand that for political reasons, many of our uh, honourable members who spoke today would would like it to appear that there was no history to these SOEs, that there was no corruption that we actually have to worry about, And in fact, that many of us were silent during that particular period, whether it is within parliament or outside of parliament. Today, this government has the courage to take on these uh, practices of the past, to take on the responsibility, as Honorable Nkwenazi pointed out, to set South Africa on a different path and set the SOEs on a different path as well. And of course, the paucity of contributions to some of the major uh, challenges facing both South Africa and the world, whether it's energy supply, whether it's the logistics chain uh, and dynamics uh, across the world is on the one hand, not surprising, but on the other hand, uh, I think is something that parliament needs to give serious attention to. On the issue of of corruption and evidence uh, of action being taken uh, by both the SOEs in certain instances, uh, and the law enforcement agencies. chairperson, have a 20-page report here of the different culprits who have been reported uh, and identified by the SIU, reported to the Hawks, reported to the NPA of civil claims that have been actually made, of money that has actually been acquired. And I summarize this as following. The State Capture Commission has heard that approximately 49 billion, and some say it goes up to a trillion, uh, was lost to the Gupta Enterprises uh, and many others, of course. The law enforcement authorities have been investigating 114 key contracts, 33 high-profile criminal investigations involving multiple parties, including former board members and executives of SOEs. This includes various third parties, such as the companies and individuals who facilitated state capture. The investigative director of the NPA Working with the Asset Forfeiture Unit and the Directorate for Priority Crime recently froze 1.4 billion rands in assets, as you know, of former executives and three private contractors. Significant progress is being made in civil recoveries. ABB, an engineering company associated with the new power plants in Eskom, repaid, as you know, 1.5 billion rands to Eskom, while the McKinsey, the consultant, has paid back a billion rands to Transnet, a uh, 171 million round claim against Deloitte has been launched. Another uh, 870 uh, million rounds between McKinsey and Transnet is about to be settled. And many claims have been made against other companies alleged to have received payments for fraudulent contracts. The 5.5 billion round Transnet 1064 uh, locomotive contract, the 3.8 billion rounds against several former Eskom directors and executives for breaches of fiduciary duties, a 595 million rand claim against Trillian, which has declared itself insolvent, and a 734 million rand claim against Tageta and, and the Brackfontein mine. So these this is merely a short summary of the kind of actions that have been taken in order to ensure that there is indeed recovery. Honorable Swart is absolutely right that we need to move to the next stage. And the next stage is to identify where is the stolen money elsewhere in the world? And how do we recover that money and bring it back to South Africa and use it for the purposes of creating jobs and investment in in this particular country? And there will be more revelations as we go forward. As we dig deeper, as more culprits are identified, as conflicts of interest in various SOEs are identified as well. And uh, corruption did not end because the sixth administration came into place. The fact of the matter is at many different levels in the private sector, particularly, and also in, in, in the SOE and other sectors of government, that, that corruption is in fact continuing. Honorable Kwankwa uh, and Honorable Clark express understandable frustration uh, and concern about Denel. We are going to do everything possible uh, to certainly ensure that Denel can find itself on the right kind of footing. But where we acquire the money from is the, is the crucial question uh, that the board is actually confronted with. There is in fact a reform plan, Honorable Clark, uh, for SOEs, we have spelled some of it out today. And if you want to, uh, as I say, there's none so deaf as those who don't want to hear, or none so blind as those who don't want to see. The plans are there, they are being put into action. There are people of integrity in the boards that have been put into place and in the management teams that have been constituted. And they are constantly at work in order to reposition uh, these SOEs to ensure their operational efficiencies, to make sure that they get out of the financial morass that state capture uh, and corruption actually place them in And uh, more importantly, as is the case, both on the logistics side and on the energy side of uh, uh, the sectors of our economy, there are innovative things that that are happening and will continue to happen in this financial year, which will demonstrate that we are not only dealing with the past and stabilizing the present, but we are also putting in place the foundations that will help us to deal with the future challenges that we are actually confronted with. Sheikh Imam uh, makes reference to Coleman Andrews, but that's a long history, uh, a long time ago. We'll check if there are some investigations in that particular regard. And uh, his concern about the issuing of licenses is something that we will certainly raise with the Minister of Transport, which is the kind of domain that, uh, this falls within his particular domain. The other entities, uh, such as AlexCo and SAFCOL, SAFCOL is an extremely well-run entity at the moment and uh, more creative things are in fact planned uh, in that particular entity. AlexCo requires a more uh, profound solution as as we go forward and more fundamental changes uh, to overcome the legacy that Honorable Clark has actually mentioned uh, and others have mentioned as well. And that will enable us to ensure that the Richtersfeld community on the one hand, the workers at Ericsco on the other hand, uh, are part of an enterprise that continues to sustain them as as we go forward. So without much further ado, uh, Chairperson, let me say that uh, whilst we might differ on ideology and policy uh, in certain instances, and perhaps in certain instances irreconcilably, Uh, We are absolutely certain as government that the reconstruction, repositioning, and revitalization of SOEs is an important part of the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. That although this is tough work uh, and it requires a great deal of resilience to uh, accomplish it, that work will be done. And uh, we will uh, present to you evidence as we go forward in respect of the milestones that we have crossed. And I suppose ultimately, the uh, proof of the pudding is in the eating and there will be sufficient proof, whether it's in relation to a more efficient ESCOM, whether we are able to deal with the just energy transition uh, and amongst, will probably be amongst the first in the world to repurpose coal power stations uh, uh, and, and make them sites of investment for renewable energy, but do so in a way in which, as the International Energy Agency says, uh, taking uh, great care of workers, their future training, their future livelihoods, and the livelihoods of communities as as well. We will also see later in this year, uh, great investments taking place uh, by Transnet and private sector partners, and this is not privatization, but, it is about running whatever capital there is available and skills that are available in this country in order to ensure that the ports of this country are expanded, that the railway uh, infrastructure, which is decimated by criminals uh, who steal uh, copper cables in various parts of the railway infrastructure of uh, uh, Transnet, uh, that the railway infrastructure is secured and uh, begins to serve uh, the key industries that keep South Africa's economy going. So once again, thanks to all of the honorable members for their contributions. And uh, we hope that in the next debate, we have a lot more substance in relation to the challenges and opportunities that we face and uh, find creative answers to them. Thank you, Chairperson.
11: Thank you, honorable minister, Uh, honorable members, you are kindly reminded that the debates on justice and constitutional development budget vote, water and sanitation budget vote, and small business development budget vote will take place at 14 hours on the visual platform. Honourable Remembers, that concludes the debate and the business of this visual mini plenary session. The mini plenary session will rise. I thank you. Long live the chair.